Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It reads, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, in love, in holiness with self-control. As we jump in today to focus on one place that we can anchor our faith, I want us to focus on the first half of this chapter. Because at the end of the last chapter, we saw that Paul was dealing with some individuals in a rather harsh manner as these individuals were blaspheming the name of the Lord and blaspheming his ministry. And so he wants to move now into a focus on, we should be praying for all people, especially here for the leaders that are around them. And we're to continue to live in light of that, because we know that God desires for all people to be saved. This is one of those things that we have to wrestle with a little bit. If God desires for all people to be saved, why is it that some people aren't saved? One of the ways that this was best explained to me as I wrestled with that was thinking about the fact that God has not programmed us like a calculator where we hit a button and everything comes out the same every time. We're not calculators. We're not robots. We're not programmed to make decisions against what we desire. We do have an ability to make and to choose, which means we also have an ability to choose and to choose poorly and to choose unwisely. And so as God has created us, his desire is continuously that we would desire to return to the pre-fallen state where we lived in perfect communion with God and sin was no longer an issue that was keeping us from having access to God. But he's not forcing us to that reality. He's not forcing us to go into this position, but understands that by not forcing us, that means that some will choose to not return to that. The ability to choose means we have the ability to choose wrong and the ability to choose poorly. But that does not change the desire of God that we see here in verses 3 and 4. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of the God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God desires all people to do that. And if he desires all people to have that opportunity and to be able to return, he desires us to be sharing our faith with all people. That includes here for Timothy, these individuals that have struggled and have moved away from what is orthodox. That the individuals that we saw in the first part of that chapter that are arguing and that are teaching these false doctrines, he desires for those people to come to repentance and return to faith in him. And so as we think about that today, this should be a great motivation 
application for us in terms of living the gospel out wherever God has us. Whatever situation God has placed you in, he has done so as an opportunity for you to be an ambassador, for you to be a messenger of the gospel for him. That includes evangelizing, sharing your faith, but it also includes just living a godly life in the midst of those around you so that they can see and understand the difference that that takes. It means that your faith impacts every area of your life because that is an opportunity to draw these individuals to an understanding of the truth of the gospel. And so as we reflect on that today, hopefully that encourages you, one, that even the most lost person or the person that you say, God would never save this person, that God desires for that person to be returned to a right relationship. He desires that, and we would do well to reflect on the fact that God wants all individuals to understand where they stand before him and would hope that these individuals would be brought to repentance in the same way that we would need that understanding, as Paul said yesterday, that we are the foremost of sinners and that all of our sins, no matter how great or how small they are, have been paid for by Christ Jesus and what he's done on the cross. As far as a question from this passage, it's easy for us to look at the second half of chapter 2 of 1 Timothy and see that there's probably quite a bit of controversy, especially in our current political and social climate, centering in on what we might call gender roles. In this passage, it kind of outlines that there are specific things that women are to do and specific ways in which they're to display their submissiveness. And while we don't have time to develop a full conversation on gender roles in the scriptures, it's important for us to note a couple things about what this is saying and what it's not saying. It's talking here about women not being able to teach or exercise authority, but they are not removed from the thought of them actually being present for the instruction that's taking place, which is actually an innovative thought for that time in the world. Women had very little value socially and were not usually seen as worth educating, and so Timothy is not being instructed not to educate women, but it's talking about these people who are trying to be the teachers. And so it's important for that distinction to be made, as well as just displaying the fact that that shows the value that women have in terms of allowing them to receive the education, to walk through the teaching process, that they're receiving the instruction that's being given, and that they're given value by that. And so this passage really points back to the authority that's given to man in the garden pre-fall. Adam was to exercise authority over all that had been given to him, and Eve was to be his helper, his suitable helper that God had provided for him to do what was there. And so as you walk through that and understanding that all of that was the purpose in the plan, the design in the order of God, even before sin enters the world, Paul draws on that and allows us to see the way in which God has designed man to be the leader and woman to be the helper in what's going on. And so, as I've said, that's not something that's super popular in our culture, as we talk about things like women's rights, as well as even just gender in general and the different discussions that are currently taking place on that. But it's important that we see what this passage is saying and understand it is a part of God's created design and order. When we look at other places in the scriptures, in fact, in the next chapter, it's going to be very clear that the elders are to be men and that that is part of the design that God has given. Women are allowed to have 
places of prominence and places in which they are exercising authority over women and children, but man was to be the one leading. And so that's something, like I've said, it's not super popular in our time, but it is the way in which God has designed us to operate and is part of our submission to him and to his created order. And so as we walk through different passages like this, we need to understand what God is trying to say. He's not saying that one is more valuable or more useful or more anything than the other, but in the same way that we read in the family passages where we looked at the way in which God has placed man over the home, We see that there is a design in an order that he desires man and woman to follow in terms of what they're doing. We actually had a recent conversation about this at home with Rory, who said when she grows up, she wants to be a pastor. And so as she said that, we were able to talk about the fact that she's probably not going to be a pastor like Pastor Jeff is, or maybe like Daddy is, but that there are opportunities for her to serve and to lead in the church that she could do. She could be like Miss Lucy in kids ministry. She could be like Miss Ursula, who's in our soul care ministry. She could be like the many people that she sees on stage who are part of our worship ministry, who are helping to facilitate those different things. But that God has a plan for men to be the ones who are leading the church in terms of being those pastors and prominent teachers. And so it was interesting, just even in her mind, that she was thinking about that type of a thing. It was greatly encouraging to us as parents that, hey, she loves the church. She wants to be there. She wants to see how it's growing. She desires to serve there. And so we would never want to do something that is going to crush that desire or turn her away from that. But we did want to be honest with the fact that God has has a specific created design and order that he's calling us to follow. And that would prohibit her from doing certain things in the same way that he prohibits us from doing other actions or activities because we are his children. And so being submissive to him means that we understand that as his sons and daughters, we live according to his plan. And so as much as a five-year-old could understand that, I think she did, but it was just a good conversation for us in a way in which we could shepherd her through that process. And so this is not supposed to be discouraging or disparaging to women. It's not supposed to be saying that they're lesser people or anything like that, but it's talking about the way in which God has given us an opportunity to reveal him to the world around us through the way in which we respond to his teaching. So as you reflect on that, maybe there are some other things that you want to dive into. If you want to have other discussions about the gender issues here, we can definitely do that. Love to talk with you about that. I'm sure there are many of our leaders in the church who would love to talk with you about that as well, giving you just uh, some of the other things in terms of gender roles and other places like that that we could come across in Scripture. It's just not one of those types of things that we're going to be able to cover everything about it here in our brief time together. But as you dive into the Scriptures, as you seek to answer the questions that God is placing on your heart, we pray that you would come to an understanding of what God's Word is saying, that you would be able to apply that to your life, you'd be able to encourage others that you live in community with, with those truths as well. Know today, you were loved. You're-